Hello, Weedypreneurs. In this week's episode, we have an entrepreneur that helps other beauty entrepreneurs and doctors, estheticians, influencers to build their brand, their, their beauty brand, their skincare brand. And some of, the, some of the topics that we cover, what's important to building your brand, your story, investors, packaging, trends. So definitely there's some golden nuggets. I wouldn't even say maybe they're more like golden bars, <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll let you decide. Definitely, you don't wanna miss this show. And uh, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if you enjoy the show, smash that like button. Welcome to the business of beauty where we help beauty entrepreneurs in building their business and reaching their dreams. This is your host, David Lee. So hello, beauty entrepreneurs. Uh, welcome to the Beauty of Business show, where we help beauty entrepreneurs grow their business and reach their dreams. I'm your host, David Lee. Our guests today help doctors, estheticians, and beauty influencers create their dream skincare lines. She is most proud of flying under the radar and being an invisible force behind many popular products and brands today. Her superpower is the ability to read people in different situations from working with buyers, being in development meetings, whether it's domestic or international. So her name is Nicole Simpson at Global Aesthetics Group. Welcome and thank you for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me, I'm honored to be here. Yeah. So let's get started now. Like I always like to start with, uh, a little bit about yourself and then, and then how you got started in the industry all the way from the very, very, very beginning. Okay. I think that's like the quintessential question. I, my mission from now on is going to be like better icebreakers. So yeah. <laughs> I remember I used to coach people for interviews. Like, uh, when I was in the corporate world, I used to have a lot of mentees that I would mentor through the process. And, you know, the number one question they would always ask is, you know, when you start an interview, like, how do you answer? Like, tell me about yourself. And we yeah, used to, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> where do you even want me to begin? And so we used to tell them, okay, we'll start with your family or this or that. And, and now it's just, you know, it just shows you the importance. And I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but even if you're creating your brand, so be prepared mm -hmm. to know, like, what are those three things that you love about yourself or that are exciting about your background and just have them ready to go? Because you never know when someone's yeah. going to ask that like, go. <laughs> so, um, I'll keep it brief, but my story, you know, I've been passionate about skincare since birth, probably. Um, I even, my youngest memories of skincare is probably four, five, six, I don't remember, but around that age. And I would be in the bathroom and I would literally grab bottles and I would read to my mom the ingredients on the back to the best of my ability. And I would be like, what is this? Like ethyl, hexyl, whatever. And she would just be like, get out. Yeah. <laughs> like, Don't annoy me. Annoy me these questions I won't have answers to. Wow. Um, I mean, she was being funny, but it was just, I mean, I did it so much that she just got to the point where she's like, yeah, okay. And then uh, as I got older, you know, that passion didn't go anywhere. And so my parents created, you know, and cultivated a STEM environment for me. And so mm. it became like a really, critical core piece of everything I did. So whether it was science fairs or science meetings or flying around nice. my science shows, that's what I did. And so I went to school, studied biochemistry, came out. Yeah, um, I actually worked as an analytical chemist for a major pharmaceutical company. Yeah. And I hated it. I was like, yeah, yeah now, here. In the back of my mind, like I took, I took two courses in college of chemistry and I just look at chemistry as like, okay, I put like a little drop 
in uh, a beaker and waited for like two hours for the colors to change. Exactly, it's green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, this is so boring. <laughs> no, but I feel like, you know, we're all called for a unique purpose, right? And yeah. we have what speaks to us and people's brains are wired for certain things. So for example, in my organic chemistry classes, like I just, I did really well there. It, it's just my brain understood it. But when I got to like physical chemistry, like I required three tutors to get through it. So, you know, but other people would fly through that, but would get to organic and just be like, this is crazy. So, you yeah. know. For me, that's how my brain was wired, and, and so I got a job in pharma, but hated it. Not because I didn't love the science, but it's just I needed people. The, the lab work wasn't the same. Like they would sit me on a bench and, and say, "Take the weight, record the weight of each drop that comes out oh, of this." Oh yeah, yeah, that's the boring stuff. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had one of those really early midlife crises where I was like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Like, for real, like, <laughs> back to skincare. So I went to school, became an esthetician. That, you know, you can imagine the conversation with my parents. Like, wait, you just finished with your degree in biology and chemistry and you're going to go put mud on some people? I'm like, come on, guys. So yeah. um, I, I did it anyway, and I went through and became an esthetician, and the rest was history. So, yeah. Um, do, do you find that your biochemistry, like, background, did that help you yeah. in, in, the, in the esthetician side of well, things? And it's not, you know, it's just a different approach. It's not that it's better or worse. It was just yeah. different. So for me, I spoke the science of ingredients. So I could look at a bottle and say, okay, this has a combination of blah, blah, blah. I'm going to use it to treat this. And mm. I used that approach to build up my books, but it wasn't long before major skincare companies noticed. And I became yeah. an educator for Pierre Fabs and Boutique. It's a French pharmaceutical company. They have two big brands in the US. And I was there for about five years and I managed all the education for the United States, training on chemical fields, science, and the doctors, estheticians, and then from there I went to L'Oreal, where I became the global ADP of education wow. and development. So yeah. um, all based on the core of, of skincare and science, but mm -hmm. through that time, you know, that's, I just gave you a two minute version of a 16 year <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're hitting like fast forward at like 16X here. <laughs> right? Um, but during that time, you know, you really do become a veteran in the beauty industry and you learn a lot of things along the way. So um, how to launch a skincare brand, how to develop mm. products, how to market your skincare brand, like how yeah. to educate, not just your buyer, but the customer at their at their deepest level of need to know information. And, and those small details are the ones that really lift the needle on brands that are super successful and those that are not. And and so when I left the corporate world, you know, my whole MO was just to be able to focus on building my family. But when I was traveling, you know, I was in charge of 37 markets. So oh. I was always in the air. I was in Asia, yeah. Italy, South America all the time multiple times a year and just wanted to take a break. And we did, and, and through that time of, of having my two children and, and consulting, I have landed here and I help, as you mentioned before, dermatologists, plasticians, mm -hmm. estheticians, and some beauty influencers create the skincare line of their dreams. Nice, nice. Now, um, your your clients, what are their typical challenges? What what do they come to you for? Like, hey, this is one of my biggest problems, like our challenges. What do they usually say? Same across the board. They find me because the number one question is, I don't know where to start. Help. <laughs> All right, starting. All right. And so, you know, it, the questions come from, you know, 
what lab do I work with or where do I even find a formulator? And, and mm -hmm. it's surprising to me like how many people come to me thinking that they have to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in, you know, creating this formula that they own and, you know, they have to go overseas and, and get all these chemists involved. But actually, you know, there are ways to move forward without doing that. And, um, really? and, and so what I do to help people, you know, anyone can do what I do, but the beauty of working with me and that I bring to my clients is that I can save them a lot of time and just a lot of mistakes and we optimize what typically are not big beauty company level budgets and allow them to start their skincare line, which is the second concern is like, okay, I have saved $10,000, but yeah. this is my dream. How do we make it happen? And yeah, yeah. So it is, um, it's just this, this amazing thing that you know when clients call me i always ask them before we get started what is your why yeah and that is to me the most important thing like yeah. you have to really know your why because as we were discussing before being an entrepreneur like mm -hmm. in mountains and roadblocks and storms and there will be days where you wake up and you're like i'm done with this what was yeah it? yeah it's like a roller coaster right the highs are high the lows are low right right and Knowing and understanding your why allows you to just reconnect with your purpose and, and then further deepening the understanding of your why becomes part of your brand story. You know, gone are the days that people buy products on pretty packaging. They buy yeah. it because they're yeah. connecting with you as the owner or the founder or your brand story or the reason to believe. And so I would say, you know, helping my clients through the whole, yes, you can do this. Yes, you can do it with a little budget. You can do it with a big budget, anywhere in between. And yes, we're going to figure out your why. Once we get through those three things, the rest is cake. So, okay. So I'm going to ask you a little tougher question. I'm going to dive a little deeper into the why. Okay. So, you know, like a, a lot of entrepreneurs I hear when they very, when they first start or they, they're thinking about starting a business, one of their wives is like, hey, I want to be a million bucks. I want to be a millionaire. Right. And then one of the next things I would tell them, like, uh, you're in the wrong field. Uh, don't try to be a business owner if, you, if you're trying to be a millionaire here. <laughs> so, like, from your experience, what has been the strongest whys where the whys have allowed the, you know, the doctors, the estheticians, the beauty influencers to kind of keep pushing forward because their why was strong enough to, to kind of push them through all that pain? So this is a really good question and I'm going to try to answer it without breaching some confidentiality. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say one case that I can speak about openly is where, um, and we actually are just getting ready to launch this person's project. Yeah, yeah. Um, she had a father who her father was, um, somebody who suffered a lot of skin cancer and they mm. were from, um, Northern European countries where skin is very fair and they're susceptible to sun damage and they, they moved to California and you know how that goes. So, yeah. um, he had a lot of skin cancer, a lot of scary rounds of skin cancer. And for her, she was like, you know what? I need to, um, be able to develop something that can allow people to look like they have sun and to have healthy nourished skin. Mm -hmm while protecting it at the same time. And so her why is very well connected to her father. Um, there's another case where her why is very closely connected to her children and some challenges that her children were having and she has helped solve. Um, so I feel like the personal connection always helps. The other strong why I'm seeing is the environmental connection, especially with the younger, like the younger, um, 
I'm really trying hard not to breach confidentiality. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, more general. Yeah, you don't no name. It's more the store, right? More, um, the younger people who are developing their lines care very much about plastic yeah. They care very much about, you know, sustainability and packaging and are really going the extra mile to, you know, put forth a better future for what will be their children. So um, I feel like it, it's not necessarily a type of why. But I feel like the personal why goes much deeper versus like, oh, I want to be like you just said, I want to be a yeah, yeah. I want to be rich, or I want to, you know, be famous, or whatnot, right? Like half the time, it's like, okay, well, you got to survive the first few years, you know, <laughs> and and running a business will beat you down over and over again. Right? And that's the thing that you know, some people there are unicorns out there. You see them, like Drunk Elephant is a perfect example. Beauty Bio is another one. They work very hard, so I don't take anything away from them, but they have just been the lucky few that do consistently hit those keys and find the success and, and blow up very mm -hmm. quickly. And that does happen, not without hard work, but that does happen, but it doesn't represent the majority of, of what will happen in skincare. Skincare success and beauty business success is all about the grind, and you yeah. do have to be prepared for two to three years of runway to mm -hmm. do that hard work, especially if you are self-funding, which is usually the case. Yeah. So, okay. So this, this actually is a great transition to, all right. So we're looking at the runway. We look, we're looking at, okay, being, you know, self-funded because a lot of our viewers are they're thinking about uh, starting their, their skincare uh, business or beauty business, and they have a little bit of savings. Hopefully I, I wouldn't recommend if you, if you don't have any savings, right? Maybe get a job first and then save up. <laughs> right. But they have a small amount, maybe $10,000 but also understanding, okay, what is that runway? What happens at a certain time, at certain milestones, right? If you run out of cash, now what, right? And you don't wanna be in a position where, okay, I, run out of I ran out of cash and now I'm just trying to scrape whatever I can rather than being strategic about it, planning for it, right? So the milestone, so what, what do you tend to see, all right, in the beginning, what should be a good number to start with is it ten thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars and then maybe three months and then six months and then a year so i'll do my best i feel like you know what i often talk about especially when i do online streams like this is that the first most important thing is that failing to plan is planning to fail i know it sounds cliche but in this case especially if you are self-funding yeah. um you do i mean i have seen cases success cases where people have spent $2,000 and developed one product, maybe a face oil or a nice overnight moisturizer, but they planned the how they were going to do it very strategically. So they were super clear on um, who they wanted to market it to, what they were going to name it, what they wanted it to look like. They yeah, like who even promote it, right? Like they have everything planned out. Milestones aren't necessarily financial. They are progression in the game. So. You have development phase where you make your products and then you have packaging and branding and all of that is its own thing. And, and, you know, it can be done quickly or in the long term. But the most important thing is that you stay true to it and it reflects what you want and that you really dig deep into the details. Because if you do, you'll find that you don't have to spend a ton of money or you could. Depends what you want to do. Um, the next milestone is go to market. So what are you going to do to get it out there? Are you planning to sign distributors or go to retailers or work with influencers if that's the case? Mm -hmm. That's usually, I recommend that about six months after you launch because you're going to need those six months of runway to work mm -hmm. out all of your goals and your keys and perfect your story. You're going to find errors that you didn't even know yeah. would come. And you have to really prepare for that. So usually three to six months. Um, 
you want to give yourself the room to make your mistakes and to make your improvements and then start having those meetings. But if you know you're going to have those meetings in six months, you're also going to use that window to really, really prepare. And then from there, it's, um, you know, how do you scale that and everything that goes in between. So it's, you know, when are you going to turn up the volume on your digital ads? When are you going to turn up the volume on your influencers? How are you going to get in front of influencers? Mm. And so it's more of understanding like the how you're going to do it. People have done it on no money, no, no budget, but they're very strategic about who's going to help them. Yeah. Cool. I just learned of a brand last night, again, confidential, that was funded um, three quarters of a million dollars, which in the skincare wow. they were in is a lot of money. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a lot of money that they could have used strategically. Yeah. Uh, but the people in charge did not plan how they were going to use that money. And, mm -hmm. and you know, it's important to consider that when you spend money, another cliche, but this is so true in our space. If you have a hundred dollars to spend, okay, spend it. But spend it in a place that you're going to make 200. Yeah, spend exactly. Make, well, make sure you have your good return on investments, right? The <laughs> ROI. Yeah. And so this is like another place where we, you know, help people a lot is understanding, you know, it's easy to get caught up. And when you launch your brand, you're going to get calls from everybody. I'm sure everyone I talked to has gotten that email from Kevin Harrington. <laughs> he used to be on the Shark Tank and he's like, hey, I love your brand and you should work with us and pay us 10 grand, but we're going to put you on TV. And, you know, it's really easy to get caught up in that yeah. and start throwing 10,000 here, 5,000 there. And before you know it, you've dropped 100 grand and you're still in the same space. And so we counsel people through like, if you've got a $5,000 budget, where do you really want to put that to get you to the next step? And then when you're at that next step, what is it going to take for you to get to the even next step? Yeah, yeah. Now, have you seen it done in reverse rather than um, before going to market? Uh, it's almost like a Kickstarter campaign, right? where you do in reverse where you drum up the interest and then you go into market once okay. there is enough buyers and then those buyers are basically funding you right? right um absolutely and there are you know there's a taste for everyone you know i work with people who want to be funded and we actually prepare them to go in front of investors i've successfully helped three brands raise capital significant capital to go and, and run and they're doing great job today um, but you have to have the mentality and the wherewithal for it. If you go after big funding, you're going to have a boss essentially in your shorts every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, have a lot of experience in the corporate world, but you know, new entrepreneurs, small business owners, they might not, and they might literally be eaten by sharks, right? And they are bloody waters. The the world of working with investors, and, and I don't say this. I mean, investors are lovely people, but at the mm -hmm. end of the day, they're giving you money to make money. So yeah, just that yeah. personal. <laughs> the pressure is inherent. So, um, you know, it's not the TV Shark Tank. It's not Mark Cuban and Barbara smiling at you and wishing you well. It is people like I gave you a hundred grand. Where's my two hundred back? You yeah, know, exactly. And you're now, and this next thing you know, you're they're like pretty much like a collections agency, right? Like, hey, where's my money? I put all this money in, right? Where's my where's my interest, right? right. You are going to go after investors. Like finding the right partner is critical. You know, somebody mm -hmm. you vibe with who understands that this is a long climb, and they need yeah. to be with you, understanding that it might take you three to five years to hit. Mm -hmm. But they exist, and they're wonderful. It's just you know, it's not what it seems on the surface. Um, there are people who say, you know what, I've got 10 grand, but I'm going to go do a friends and family round. They're going to support me through a $50,000 expansion. And that's going to fund my digital ads and some travel and some, you know, retail fixtures. Yeah. And that's okay. It's friends and family. You, know, you, you 
mistake. They're not going to be as harsh. Yeah. So, um, but, but you do see them every Thanksgiving. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the one problem, right? <laughs> Bring your home food. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's that. And then there's the case of people like, you know what? I'm just going to get out there. I'm going to roll up my sleeves and have the grit and we're going to make it happen. So, you know, it definitely ranges across the board, but there are people who fund the front and there are people who fund as they go. There are people who are okay knowing that they're just going to reinvest revenues. Yeah. Um, for two years to, to grow organically and that's okay it's whatever works best for you okay so i guess um let's let's dive a little bit deeper in the funding part then let's say all right um we have an entrepreneur that's ready to get funded what do they or they want to get funded what do they need uh to prepare oh like to to just a simple like hot top you know hot high level bullet points like make sure you have this 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 and this oh, this is tough so maybe we'll do another session on getting funded because yeah it's really um it's something i'm passionate about but every case is different so okay. there are some things that are pretty standard across the board you know mm -hmm. what are your projections like what do you realistically think you can do what's the size of market who yeah. is the consumer you know what would be the lifetime value of that consumer and mm -hmm. what average purchase of that consumer and so you have kind of like that baseline data that you need to understand um, right. i encourage people if you don't know who your consumer is get on facebook and start to find who you think it is and then just like stalk them not in a creepy yeah. way but just understanding like what they talk about you know what type of restaurants they eat at just things to help you get in the mindset of this person yeah yeah like like be them right exactly. be them. put yourself in their shoes <laughs> yeah. yeah and um it's you know that's not so hard to do you just have to invest the time to do it so yeah. all of those things are, are pretty key. And then it's, you know, again, having clarity on your milestones. So mm. how are you going to go to market? Where are you going to sell your products? How much volume do you think you're going to sell? Things like this, um, they're always looking for. And then the leadership team is absolutely critical. They want to know that you are investable as a CEO. Yep. And it's okay to have shortcomings, especially if you're new in the industry or newer in the industry and you've never really grown up a business before. It's not that's not so important as it is to have the right people around you. So if you are weak in finance, do you have an advisor that can guide you through a PL? You've never marketed anything before. Do you have someone who can advise you on a good marketing campaign? So building up the right team of people in your circle helps you a lot. And then just making sure that you dig around, you can get on LinkedIn and other resources and look up who investors are. Uh, watch them for a bit and just find out what kind of projects you can invest in. And you can start yeah. to have an idea of what type of money you want to go after. Yeah. And this, I mean, this could take an hour to, to clarify, but oh, yeah, yeah. Be like the top line thing. So that if you have more questions, feel free to reach out or maybe we'll do another session later on. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So uh, let's change. Uh, gears a little bit, new new direction here. So, trends. Let's talk about trends. Okay. Okay. Everyone lo loves to talk about. Hey, what do you think is going to happen? Because like the previous trends, I I thought it was crazy, like beard oil, right? Uh, per more personalized skincare. Uh, CBD has been pretty trendy, right? Uh, plant based, sustainable products. Like, what are some of the trends that you see in 2020 and then also the next three, five years? So you definitely hit them all. Um, but I think what you're going to see the difference is, so, you know, personalization in skincare is definitely mm -hmm. a big one. So you're starting to see like SkinCeuticals has done a phenomenal job putting out something called Custom Dose and, and they've chosen the right dermatologists around the country to help them launch this. And so if mm -hmm. the derm 
as a customer that they say, you know what, you need a really high dose of vitamin C, but we want to add a few things to make it work better. They mm -hmm. can customize it, the machine mixes it, and they go home with their personalized formula with their name on the label. And so, no. yeah, it's really cool. And there are other brands doing it too, um, University yeah. and some others. I think you're going to see big, big trends in that. Um, and just many, many ways to bring that even into the home so that you don't have to go to the doctor. So hmm. you start to see things that sit on your countertop that mix, that you might be able to take. This is very true, actually. Um, you might be able to take a picture of your skin today and yeah. your device will say, you know what, today your skin has more yellow than red or more red than yellow. So I'm gonna custom blend your foundation to give you a flawless complexion. It, Wow. It mixes it and you put it on. So this is about a year and a half away from being launched. Wow. Things like this. Um, yeah. Bringing the, the medical experience to your home, customization is going to be key. Sustainability is by far um, going to drive the majority of the trends, yeah. um, which is the good thing. I think there needs to be a lot of pressure put on supply chain people. A lot of people point fingers at the beauty industry companies and, and we do own some of that. It's not that we don't want to have sustainable packaging, it's that the options that are available aren't great yet. Um, mm. We have to pressure them, but also um, there are companies popping up now and they're getting funded that are providing interesting solutions for smaller brands and bigger brands to be able to access sustainable packaging. So that's going to be a huge thing. Um, yeah. I also see biotech playing a role. So taking like biological ingredients and making them safe for cosmetic use and finding those on the countertop too. So those are some things to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's crazy. Now, like as a, as someone that's looking at getting into any of these fields, I mean, some of these items sound like they require a lot of investments, right? Like a biotech, right? You don't just like, like produce a product or create that machine at home. I'm guessing you have a much larger team, a larger investment capital to do that. Or right. you can work with vendors who have already done it, but can make something special for you. So it doesn't, I mean, there's always a capital outlay, but it doesn't have to be what people think. And I think that's probably, that answers the number one question I get is like, can I do this? Is this realistic? Like, you know, yeah. trends are always big and you have to consider them, especially if you're doing- yeah. you Come and go. And next thing you know, you, you, you spend three years, four years building something and the trends are- and so yeah. I actually tell people don't formulate for trends mm -hmm. unless you really do have enough money and enough resources to be quick and maximize that. Be yeah. true to your philosophy and formulate things that you really believe in that can give you 10 years of runway, 10 years of longevity. And then once you're established, then start putting things into the trends. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. So just focus right now on sustainability, right? Yeah. It's something that will last for a while. Okay. Very good. Um, Let's see. Okay. So my other question is, so let's say, let's say, um, that, you know, the entrepreneur has one product. Would you recommend creating a product that's complementary to that product for their second item or second product? Or would you say, Hey, let's create a, a different type of, let's say skincare product, but solves a different problem for this market, for this audience. I would say you need to stay true to your expertise and you need to really answer that question by looking at what your customers want. Um, mm -hmm your customers provide you more information than you can ever imagine. And, you know, a lot of success in brands comes from cultivating a community around your brand. Mm. People who follow you, follow you for a reason and they are loyal. And so asking them what they want and what they need and what they expect from you is actually a better way to approach that question versus like a systematic, like, okay, well, I have a cleanser. Now I need a toner or now I need a serum, you know, mm. 
that may not be the case. You might have made an amazing cleanser, so they may say, we want a cleansing device. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it could go either way. Just really listen to your community, listen to your your customers, your audience, right? Now you mentioned a really big, uh, big important, uh, I guess, a tip there is building your community, listening to them. How, how the heck do you build it? I know it's it's been tough for us just building this channel, right? It's yeah. it, it's a slow grind, it's right? It's a slow grind that yeah. you need to prepare for. So how? Like, do you have any tips there? Like, how would you grow the community for a new brand? I mean, you just have to be there. Yeah, there like every single week, right? No, I talk out of both sides of my face sometimes with this because it's like, okay, I always say, get a team, hire out what you can't handle. You know, yeah. and a lot of communities do this. They'll hire admins to get in. Yeah. But at the end of the day, people are in your community because of you. So you have to be present mm -hmm. as much as you can. And yeah. you have to be comfortable speaking to crickets for a few months. Yeah. The more, the more you reach out, the more you ask questions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have a LinkedIn group that is pretty quiet, but it's because I don't nurture it as often as I should. I don't have a lot of extra time. But when I'm in there, I ask questions, you know, and I'll actually, if I still have no answers, I'll reach out to a person directly and be like, hey, I noticed that you're interested in peels. What do you think about this? Yeah. And it's not fake, like it's authentic. And I yeah. think just having the patience to reach out one on one to people. And yeah start a conversation that's meaningful eventually turns into other people sensing the authenticity. I mean, yeah. if it's all anecdotal, like I used to, when I very first had my first Facebook group, I used to pop in like all these motivational quotes and finally people were like, Nicole, you're so annoying. Like, you just hear what you think about something. And I'm like, good feedback. Okay. Everyone else is doing it, right? It's just the same template over and over again, right? Yeah. yeah. So they want something from you. <laughs> totally. So authenticity matters and then consistency, but like, beyond your current definition of consistency it's, it requires consistency that is off the charts if you can commit to those two things you'll build your community just fine. nice nice yeah and i totally agree with you the funny thing it's funny you what you just mentioned because i just made a post earlier on linkedin and i was like are these bots are these like random people every time so the crazy thing is as soon as someone okay wants to connect with me i hit connect and then i i get this automated you know automated as soon as i hit uh, connect boom this huge like three paragraph message i you know uh, gets sent to my inbox i'm like okay yeah. um it's, it's, and it's not the like they didn't really want to connect with me in the first place yeah exactly but then i have some fun and i start trolling them and, and you know, <laughs> like hey you know what about this this and this and i, I try to like break their bot <laughs> you know like but that is so true the more technology that we have the more like automation the more um uh ai actually that we have in in in, in this world then going back to the roots is even more important like imagine if you received instead of an email you received a mailer handwritten They're like wow that is that is amazing right is this that is something that people will remember so it's something something unique uh, so i totally agree with you yeah um, I mean, that's good for maybe like lead gen in a way. Yeah. But again, the moment you got those three paragraphs, you were already just like, so you knew that, oh my God, and you didn't even do that. And so yeah, definitely don't do that. Yeah. Your community, guys. Yeah, yeah. Maybe start with a conversation like a normal human being would say, hello, you know, thanks for connecting. Something yeah. simple, right? Not like three giant paragraphs. No, totally. And I think, you know, AI and chatbots all have their place, but you know, when it comes to community, like, you know your neighbors you don't talk to your neighbor by robot 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe you do. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. you can really say hi. Maybe 10 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> We're totally going to be Justin. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So I have a few questions from our viewers. Okay. okay. And I, some of these questions are pretty pretty uh broad so we'll 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 dive a little deeper in and we will we'll, we'll we'll get some golden nuggets from from each of them okay, okay. um so what what is the best way to market myself <laughs> man that's really really generic right not generic at all um it's the number one question that i get when it comes to people who want to build their influence right so putting yeah. yourself out there um Social media is the right platform. Whichever platform you like the most, pick, pick one. Um, if you love Facebook and you feel like you have an audience on Facebook, start there. If you love the gram, like you have, you know, the wherewithal to be in photos all the time, start on the gram. Pinterest, people are blogging. So pick the platform that makes sense for you. Choose one, and then once you really get uh, following them, then expand to the others. It, you have to take the time to get really clear on your story. So recently I have been doing some PR on me for a specific reason that I can say in a couple months when things go live. But <laughs> it was the most uncomfortable thing because when I was working with the agent, you know, they were asking me all these questions about my story and myself and yeah. a lot of like me and I felt like, God, I'm like bragging and it's just yeah. maniacal and I hated that. But, you know, she, she, when I took the time, the hour that it took just to say my story out loud, starting from childhood all the way up to now, we pulled out what were the key components of what made me who I am today, or what's important to what I'm standing yeah. believing in today. And that became part of my story. It's authentic mm -hmm. and it's part of my story, but things that like I normally wouldn't have thought about, you know, like when I was working my global role at SkinCeuticals, I would travel to Paris seven times a year and it got so normal for me that you know, I would snap a picture and be like, oh, it's the Eiffel Tower. And that sounds so terrible, but- Everyone's I, like, oh my God, you know? Everyone else is like, oh my God, you're so lucky. But <laughs> I know that that experience would play so much into what I'm trying to build today. And so for me, in my head, it's arrogant. But for other people who see my story from the outside, they say, you know what, this brings us a lot of value because we found through your experience something that helps us out today. So you yeah. just have to be really open to like, not getting caught in that trap to to say your story out loud and so get comfortable with your story pull out the key points that you're comfortable with that are true to you um, no one else can be you so i don't yeah. even want you to look at what other people are doing because no one will ever do what you do so stay true to yourself and your story and your yeah. why and just share it relentlessly yeah your stories quotes whatever it is just get it out there all the time you will quickly expand because people will vibe with you and you'll start to put together your tribe if you listen well to your tribe, then you can scale from there. Yeah, like my analogy to that is like for those that haven't really uh, talked about themselves. In reality, you actually have. Think about a resume. Have you ever written a resume before? Right. right. It's like it's it's tough, right? Writing your resume and you're and you're you're sending that out, and and you know potential employer is looking at it. So ultimately, you're selling yourself just like a business you're yeah. selling your business and your story behind it so that's your resume and how, how you know how are, do you have it written down or do you have you know i've seen some crazy resumes too where this like like 10 pages long and it's full of text it's not clear and concise so as soon as you see it like ah it's too much information <laughs> right yeah. it's definitely you're right and you know it's 
it's just a lot of self-attention and some people are cool with it and for me I struggled I really struggled it, for me it was always about building up everyone else around me and I still do that that's what I do you know I help people grow and reach their dreams and that doesn't come from me talking about me that comes from me helping them talk about that so you know it's that personal hurdle that many of us struggle with but you know, just getting comfortable to talk about pieces of your story everything else falls into place good thank you okay next question how important is packaging oh boy <laughs> it depends on your venue okay if yeah. you're going to be a, um, an e-commerce brand relying on influencers then packaging is important yeah because you want those pretty instagram photos right it has to be instagrammable that doesn't important doesn't mean expensive in this case yeah this means it has to be well thought out good use of color simple clean you know does it look good on the shelf so you can get shelfies does it look good on its own yeah so packaging becomes important then um if you are looking to do more amazon things maybe not so much um Mm. i get a lot of questions about um you know primary versus secondary meaning do you use a bottle and a box you know, people uh, yeah. usually use boxes or um, to ship better, to ship your products better. Yeah. Or if you're going to put on a retail shelf, it, it is a lot cleaner than just bottles. But yeah, but it know, increases your costs. It does, yeah. and the consumer throws it away. Like you rarely will see boxes yeah. on an Instagram post. You see the pretty bottles. So I would focus on um, finding those, and then if sustainability matters, then packaging becomes critical. Yeah. Um, and you know, kind of what your end game is if you're trying to get into Sephora. You know, if you go walk around a Sephora, you're going to see everything. You're going to see really ugly bottles. You're going to see really beautiful bottles. But yeah. the heavy hitters, like, for example, Drunk Elephant, many people were attracted to that brand because of the color on the packaging. So, oh. yes, okay. I would say look at your endgame. Herbivore became a cult favorite because that was the first time you saw a glass bottle with a beautiful blue tansy oil inside. Uh, and okay. a beautiful label that was simple and on Instagram, like my yeah. God, beautiful product shots you see have an herbivore bottle in it. So wow. yeah. this is where packaging matters. Yeah, yeah. So it's it really depends, but I if it came if I had a client who had a limited budget, I would say let's put the budget into your marketing dollars and not into mm-hmm. packaging necessarily. You can okay. the other thing I'll say about packaging is you can do a lot with a label. Okay. You know, you know is always nice. Like even I'll use my lipstick, like the NARS logo is on on the tube, there's no label here in this time, but you know, screen printing gets you into a situation of minimum quantities. You know, okay. if you have the capacity to sell 500 units, then don't spend your money buying 5,000 units of something that makes it. So, mm, okay. there are many cases where labels are gorgeous and there's nothing wrong with the label. You can do super premium labels. So, you know, keep that in mind as you go through your journey. Okay. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think we've already touched on this, like how important uh, is it to have social media presence and which ones pretty much kind of uh, what you just discussed earlier, right? Focus on the one that you're most comfortable with and where your audience is at. Totally. And you have to be there. If you're not there, you don't exist. So you've got to get on it. Hire a photographer every quarter, get some good pictures of yourself and, and just do it. Nice. Uh, the next question is, what have you found to be most effective way to market a skincare business in 2019 so last year oh boy um digital i think yeah digital is you know today is still important but what we're starting to see happen is that your spend doesn't go as far so you know i saw a case recently um in november there was a pay-per-click 
Facebook campaign just to get likes on a page for a new brand. And we used to see those likes come in for two cents, three cents, 15 cents. The cost per, per like was $2.67. Ouch. Ouch. Ouch, yeah. And so these social platforms are getting smarter. So yeah. the advice that I would say, you know, in digital is diversify like mm. your outreach. So diversify where your ads go between Facebook and Instagram and also don't underestimate Google and the power of SEO. Um, the ultimate name of the game is that you're going to sell it's a it's a ratio so for every 2,000 people that come to your website you might have three orders so how do you get those 2,000 people there the cheapest and most efficient way possible and then how do you convert those orders so um digital is definitely where it's at i would say you know do pr if you have the budget but if you don't try to work with micro influencers who can help you put the word out and then just leverage it like crazy on your own social and that will help you gain the traction you need to start going to the so for those that don't know what micro influencers are, <laughs> is anyone under a certain threshold, right? Like how many people they that, that follow? Beauty, okay, so this is very subjective, right? In beauty, it's typically considered less than 100,000 followers, but it can even go like 3,000 followers. So people who haven't yet gotten to that place where they're demanding $65,000 for a campaign with you. This is reality. So. Wow. Yeah, but you might have people who are up and coming who've built up a very loyal following and who are happy just to post for you on your behalf because you gave them a product to try. And there are plenty of them still out there. Yeah. I would focus maybe there if you have a limited budget. If you don't have a limited budget, then by all means find an influencer who has the audience you want and you go all out. But yeah. Do you have any uh, tips on how to search for those influencers that are like under 100,000? Are you going to have, can you have show notes on your platform? Because I can put it there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep, yep. We'll, we'll, so we'll, we'll, we'll have this video saved mm -hmm. and on the page, we'll have a list of resources. So if you have any great tools there, we would love to have that and then we'll definitely help our audience. So thank you. Thank you. So we'll, we'll be down in the show notes down below. Uh, let's see. Let's move on to the next question. I know we're, we're running out of time here. Um, Let's see, we kind of talked about content. Um, what is the best way to market a new product launch? Uh, this is pretty generic, uh, pretty general, I know. Um, I would say that, you know, again, it comes to what your end game is. So yeah. uh, trying to summarize something again, that is a massive topic, but yeah. you know, if you're looking to become the next media darling, then your launch has to be media heavy. Um, I would say if you're looking to be acquired, then you have to build a brand that is acquirable, which means you have to set big targets, set the right retailers, yeah. and, and start thinking about that early. But in terms of marketing a launch, um, at minimum, you need to be prepared to start your online ads. You need to have influencers or people online ready to go to start talking about your product. Mm -hmm. And then you need to have a press release that goes out. There's, you can do that yourself. You don't need an agency yeah. like PR web and a few other um, outlets, you just write a nice press release, it goes out, you know, hopefully some people will pick it up, but that starts the, the media footprint for mm -hmm. your book as well, and it just makes things very real. So that's, you know, how you get started, that's where you can start. Um, yeah. And then making sure, oh my God, there's so many things, just making sure you've got your, your grip email campaigns ready to go, and a customer acquisition strategy in place. Yeah. How are you going to go get those customers? Where do they live? Where are they online? And how do you get them on them? How do you draw them? So you can answer those questions. The pieces of your marketing campaign become very clear, and that's how you start. Nice, nice. Yeah, 
So uh, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I have pretty much one more question for you, I guess, to wrap it all up. I guess, what is any, like, what's one like final tip you would give an entrepreneur that's thinking about starting, um, you know, going into this, into the skincare business, the beauty business, what would you tell them? Do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> don't wait until you think things are perfect. If you have an idea on your heart, yeah. you really have this weighing on your heart, go for it. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's one of the most important things I can tell people because people sit five years waiting for that right moment. No, don't wait. There's no reason to wait. There's no right moment. <laughs> There's no right moment. Um, if, you, you know, if you're connected to your why and you really believe in what you can bring, then do it. If you need help, call me or, or call someone close to you has done this or who has good resources yeah. you um don't overspend on anything you know yeah and check your options there's always an alternate mm -hmm. you know um and then i would finally say don't stalk your competitors <laughs> so tempting, right? Like, I wonder what this big co competitor is doing. Okay, if you are, because you will, like, don't go down the self comparison rabbit hole because yeah. they're not comparing themselves to you. What they're doing is focusing on what their brand does well. And yeah. that would be my advice to you as you get started. You know, you're always going to look at what other people are doing. You need to know it's our industry, but, yeah. you know, use it as a guide, but end it there. Like, don't say, oh, well, Jamie O'Banion from Beauty Bio has blonde, long, curly hair, and yeah. you know, he's beautiful. I need to go and, and match the level of of expertise. So, or not expertise, but just like how she presents herself every day. When I've seen many beauty entrepreneurs be completely the opposite and do an amazing job. So, just you know, focusing on on you, who you are, be authentic to you. Do what you do well. Everything else will be just fine. Love it, love it. Thank you so much. Now, how? can our viewers reach you oh boy go find me on insta <laughs> okay instagram okay what's your tag what's your, your, uh... yeah just do it there um at nicole no skin you can also send me an email nicole at global aesthetics group.com we'll also put that in the show notes um yep. you know i'm here to support and help if you guys just have general questions like don't hesitate to reach out to me um, you know i'm always here i can always come on again later if there's something that, that shows itself i'm happy to be in the community to answer questions, but, um, you know, and if you need like formal help, you know, I'm always here for that as well, but you know, I'm here to help you reach your goals and if you've got questions, just send them up. Love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. All and, right. uh, yep. And, uh, again, if you guys have any questions, feel free, um, you know, well, I'll be monitoring the comments and everything else too, and I'll make sure to forward that over to Nicole, and uh, we'll go from there. So thank you so much, and uh, everyone, have a nice day. Bye, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye.